0: In the realm of true crime, every crime scene tells a story. Every story has its truths. These are the stories from inside the crime scene tape that separates fact from fiction. speaking, Globetrotter for Hearst, Metrotone News. 1934 proved a bad year for the nation's public enemies, with John Dillinger heading the list the government had sworn to get. After escaping from this Indiana jail, Dillinger eluded capture until trapped in Chicago by federal agents and shot to death. During the Great Depression, newsreels about John Dillinger, the first gangster declared public enemy number one drew cheers from movie audiences across America, and hisses when pictures of J. Edgar Hoover appeared on screen. Agents from what would become the FBI killed Dillinger in a hail of gunfire while leaving Chicago's Biograph Theater on July 22, 1934. The case put the FBI on the map and, to this day, plays a major part in the Bureau's historical legacy. But Questions persist about whether the FBI killed the real John Dillinger or a stand in resembling the gangster so he could make a getaway.
1: There's a lot of evidence here that points that it might
0: not be him. That's Travis Thompson, the great nephew of John Dillinger and a veteran law enforcement officer in Indiana. He's literally been trying to dig up evidence from the cemetery where John Dillinger is buried. Hello, this is Robert Riggs, taking you inside the crime scene tape with real stories from behind the badge and behind bars. Here's my interview with Travis Thompson about the mystery of John Dillinger. There's something of an irony here that here you've had a long career in law enforcement, yet you're the great nephew of one of the most notorious gangsters in U.S. history. What do you tell your friends?
1: Well, um, growing up, um, telling my friends, you know, they didn't believe it. Um, No one would ever believe it until I started showing them pictures. uh, My grandmother had, which was John's baby sister, Frances. Um, a lot of my friends were very surprised that um, I decided to take this um, this route in, my, <laughs> in a career choice from growing up, knowing that my uh, great uncle was uh, one of the most famous gangsters.
0: And so tell us about this, what, what you've been doing in research. Is there some doubt about that the, the real John Dillinger is buried in the grave?
1: Yes, there is quite a bit of doubt. The team that we've assembled, we have a retired FBI agent, my father, and another researcher that has turned up some interesting facts. The death certificate, there's two of them. They have the wrong eye color. They have the wrong age. They have the wrong height. The medical history is kind of weird. Our uh, re- hired FBI agent has been working with us, he has put a pretty good collage about how the ears don't match on the photos that we have of the supposed body. They don't look right at all. My great-grandfather at first did not identify him as his son. And then he changed his mind and said, yes, it is my son. So I'm not sure if there was some coercion in there from the FBI telling him to make sure that was his That it was his son or not.
0: Well, of course, this raises the question, did the FBI shoot the wrong guy? And you know how much of their history they tout catching Dellinger and shooting him.
1: Yes, I would think this is the one reason why during the time that my father was getting all the proper documents together from the Indiana State Health Department to examine the body, The FBI, we had a written letter from people from the state health department saying the FBI has called numerous times trying to get them to stop issuing us the exhumation um, document to allow us to do so, which is odd. When we were working with the History Channel trying to get a TV series going, the FBI showed up at Crown Hill Cemetery and demanded all the records on the grave that they had, and then they were turned over. As soon as that happened, the cemetery stopped working with the family. To me, if the FBI had nothing to hide, they wouldn't be going out of their way 80-something years later and to kind of railroad this investigation.
0: Now, you're working with a retired FBI agent. What does he think? He thinks it's
1: uncharacteristic of them and um, and his name is Stuart Fillmore. He thinks that any of this would have to come from the top level of the FBI. It would not be a low-level, state-level um, agents. It would be the very top level of the FBI. Maybe because of all the J. Edgar stuff that we have found out in history about him, that there might be a chance that they're just trying to keep their good name and if there is a chance that John is in the grave, um, it would pretty be a black eye to the FBI.
0: I'll be back after this break. Hello, this is Robert, and I want to ask a small favor. Will you please tell your friends who love true crime to follow the True Crime Reporter podcast As you know, it's one of the few podcasts where you can hear raw, unfiltered accounts from law enforcement experts, victims, and even convicted criminals. And please sign up for my free newsletter. The form is on every page of my website. Finally, I am so thankful to my Apple listeners who have given the podcast five-star reviews. Your reviews on all of the channels are extremely helpful in spreading the word about this podcast. Now, back to our episode. Reporter's Notebook, June 22, 1903. John Herbert Dillinger was born in Indianapolis, Indiana, where his father owned a small grocery store. Dillinger dropped out of high school and later deserted from the U.S. Navy. He served eight and a half years in an Indiana state prison for a grocery store robbery. His time behind bars proved to be a trade school for crime. It was there that he learned how to become a professional bank robber. The FBI described Dillinger as a notorious and vicious thief. From September 1933 until July 1934, he and his violent gang terrorized the Midwest, killing 10 men, wounding seven others, robbing banks and police arsenals, and staging three jailbreaks, killing a sheriff during one and wounding two guards in another. The Bureau has enshrined the Dillinger case at its training facility at Quantico, Virginia, in a mock town called Hogan's Alley. There's a replica of the Biograph Theater where agents set up Dillinger using a girlfriend. You can learn more about Hogan's Alley in my episode titled, This Bank Gets Robbed Every Day, published on September 7th of 2022. I've placed a link in the show notes. I have reported from there and Dillinger is a celebrated chapter in the FBI's history.
1: Every year on the anniversary, they always put something out. They either tweet it out or um, do some kind of publicity about it. I know when we were doing our investigation, and we had came out about our claims, they had they had uh, came out with you know evidence saying no, without a doubt, they killed the right guy. Um, there's a lot of weird, you know, weird things that happened in the family. Um, the family started traveling to California after death was as odd. Um, so we think either he escaped and then was later killed. Or, you know, but we won't know until we can examine the body.
0: Working with the History Channel in 2019, Dillinger's family was set to exhume his body from the Crown Hill Cemetery in Indianapolis, but they hit a roadblock when the cemetery objected. Well, if it wasn't John Dillinger who walked out of that theater, have any ideas who it was?
1: Well, we've heard that there was a guy that looked a lot like him who had some medical issues which is why we go back to the death certificate. Says he had um, a heart condition. The heart condition at the rate he was at by what we've talked to uh, medical experts, he would have had trouble walking or any adrenaline rush could have given him a heart attack. So that's what's odd. This individual supposedly stood in place of him Not thinking that he would be shot, but thinking it would give him enough time to get John somewhere else.
0: And John was, <laughs> was in good health.
1: Yes, John was in good health. His prison records that we see when he was checked in when he first went to prison, there was no indication of any heart issues. The Navy, his Navy records same thing. There's no issues with any heart related conditions. And so it's, you'd have to be in pretty good shape to be able to jump, you know, jump killer counters, grab a bunch of money, be the shootout with police, mm-hmm. and not have, you know, you'd have to be in somewhat pretty good medical yeah. shape.
0: The FBI counters what it calls a conspiracy theory on its website listing its top 10 Dillinger myths. Among them, Myth eight, that John Dillinger was not killed at the Biograph Theater, that a stand-in was. The FBI says two of its agents took sets of fingerprints from Dillinger's body outside the Biograph Theater, and both were a positive match. Another set taken during the autopsy was also a match. Dillinger's body was put on public display after the autopsy, A dental company created a death mask of Dillinger's face to demonstrate the quality of the company's plaster. Some of Dillinger's stolen loot, valued at $5 million today, has been the subject of treasure hunts and an episode in the television show Expedition Unknown. Travis Thompson says the retired FBI agent working with him unearthed a mysterious roadmap sealed inside a glass jar on the family's Indiana farm.
1: And when he put the shovel in, he started digging, and he put it in one more time, and he hit glass, and it shattered. At that time, he stopped. There's an old ball, Mason jar, still intact, except for now it's been broke. Um, They were inside of it with a shell, United States roadmap from 1934. It had lots of weird dates on it, had lines and drawings all over this map that we have yet to figure out or understand um, at all what any of this means. It goes all the way up to Canada. Then it goes all the way down to Arizona. And right around Arkansas, how the drawing is, it looks like an arrow. And we don't understand what that means, if that's coincidence or not. But the dates on the map
0: go past his supposed death date. Yet, um, did you find his DNA on the map? We found
1: DNA that matches the family DNA, oh. and, it was, and it was male.
0: And why, why do you think it was John Dillinger's map?
1: Well, it, it would make sense. The last time he was there in April mm-hmm. of 34 with the family, Billy Frechette, um said that he had went out on the farm property and buried something. But my grandmother, when I was younger and I was doing, I was doing a project had discussed cause she was young. She was extremely young that my great grandfather and John walked out back. They were gone for quite a, a bit of time and they don't, no one knows what was discussed or what had happened. And we had, heard stories from the family that John had buried something on the farm. on the farm. And there would be no reason why anyone else on the farm would have dug a hole and put a map oh, from God. 1934. <laughs> um, there would be no, especially when my great-grandfather was a farmer, he didn't travel. So there would be no reason
0: for that. Well, has there been any speculation that maybe there's loot? From a robbery buried somewhere?
1: Yes. There are a little bohemia. There is a lot of hints that there might have been money hidden there or at the farm. Um, we have yet to discover that. That's our investigation. We're still digging. We still go out to the farm. My cousin um, owns the farm property. So we still go out um, every once in a while We we try to find. But we would like to. Through our research, we have found through the FBI files a lot of different hideouts throughout America from the Midwest. And some of these hideouts still exist. And we would like to eventually be able to go there and look and see if we can't find anything. Because the majority of the loot that was taken from the banks was never discovered. And do you think they spent all of it? I doubt they spent all of it. Um, It did take a lot of money to be on the run, uh, to buy cars, to pay off police officers, pay off politicians, other things that they had to do. They ran for that money fairly well. I mean, they liked to go out and have a good time. So, yes, they would have spent a lot of money, but they would not have went through
0: all of it. I know how families share orally histories of the past. What came down to you about? Why the life of crime? How he got started, his background.
1: Well, when I was younger, staying at my grandmother's house, there's pictures of John all over. And when I got a little older, I kind of I asked grandma, who's, who's the guy in the picture with the guns? And she started talking about who he was, you know, to her and to me, and about how he turned his life to crime and about if he went with the prison, that first time she sees that he would have continued down the wrong path. And she always told me to be a good boy and don't fall into the wrong
0: crowd and do anything like what he did. And you went into law enforcement. What what attracted you?
1: Well, there's two things uh, attracted me to law enforcement. on my mother's side, my grandfather—sorry, there's actually three things. My grandfather was a, a, a judge in the town of Mooresville, so I got to sit in the courtroom and see all the police officers come and go. And as I got a little older, I wanted to do something to put our family's name in a better light, kind of give back to the community he took from the community. I was wanting to give back to the community. And then when 9/11 happened. I wanted to serve my community or my country the best I could. And I have, I'm asthmatic, so I couldn't go to the military, but I could, join, I could be law enforcement.
0: In closing, here's my reporter's recap and reflections. Travis Thompson's quest to identify the remains in John Dillinger's grave will continue. And treasure hunters will keep looking for Dillinger's lost loot if there is such a stash. One thing is certain. After the gun smoke cleared outside the Biograph Theater, it marked the beginning of the end of the gangster era. According to the FBI, 27 persons were convicted in federal courts on charges of harboring, aiding, and abetting John Dillinger and his cronies during their reign of terror you've been listening to the true crime reporter podcast stay true stay safe and stay tuned for more real stories from inside the crime scene tape yours truly robert riggs please tell your friends who love true crime that they can bypass secondhand tales And get their true crime fix here with Authentic Stories straight from the source. Tell them that True Crime Reporter is one of the few podcasts where you can hear raw, unfiltered accounts from law enforcement victims and even convicted criminals. And sign up for my free newsletter on the homepage of truecrimereporter.com. It's your gateway to a world of knowledge and awareness in the realm of true crime and your personal safety. Thanks for listening, and until we meet again, be prepared, don't get scared. This is Robert Riggs reporting.